In this very room There's quite enough love For all the world And in this very room There's quite enough joy For all the world And there's quite enough love And quite enough power To walk through our every fear For spirit One spirit Is in this very room In this very room In this very room. So I invite you to bring your awareness fully present as we move into prayer. I invite you to become aware as you sit upon that chair, how supported you are. And in that bringing our awareness into our being, I invite you now to invite all of your energy to be fully within you to bring it in bring it in bring it in bring it in to be fully fully inhabit your physical body with your energy with your 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 spirit and as you breathe in i invite you to breathe a little deeper because chances are most of your energy is in your mind in the moment which is a beautiful place we celebrate the mind and and strong and healthy minds so important for this this realm this universe this life we live but also now to move that energy as we've called it in down into your heart breathing into the heart a little bit deeper opening it and expanding it and then breathing down into your core into your gut into your stomach as well activating all three centers of intelligence with each breath so let this be a practice that as you are mindfully guided and directed throughout our gathering today to bring, your, to bring your awareness into your breathing and to bring that breathing down into your body. Knowing that we are grounded as we see in our mind's eye down through the bottoms of our feet imagined strands like roots that ground us into this beautiful earth. And from our crown chakra an opening and awareness a light radiating up is also receiving divine guidance. And so I know that we stand fully grounded, fully connected to that life of spirit, that life of God, that Christ consciousness is ours in this moment. Beautiful in the twinkling of an eye how we imagine that and create that for ourselves. And so what I know affirming that and standing in this as I breathe into my heart and breathe out of my heart, I feel the connection with you. That there is one life. That life is God's life. That life is our life. We celebrate it. We are the, the waves of God and the ocean of God. And so we activate that through our mindfulness, through our awareness, through directing our, our energy, our attention, and our thinking to something that is beautiful and powerful. And so you and I are the light upon this planet. You are the light of the world, each and every one of us. And so I give thanks in this birth of the Christ season for this opportunity to speak these words from this consciousness, from this awareness, from this expanded sense of being, knowing that my life is God's life, that everything necessary for you and I to experience and to know, to call forth into our lives in, in beautiful form, to go about the activities of our life in alignment with this divine idea, all of that and so much more is made available to us. 
And so I know this day is a transformative experience here and now. I give thanks for this powerful practice of affirmative prayer that invites me each and every time to to look out in my own awareness and understand there's a power and presence for good that is always assisting and supporting that that life is my life here and now. In that invitation, in that calibration, I am lifted, changed, healed, prospered, loved, resourced beyond measure. For this, I give thanks and I invite you to say with me, and so it is. Good morning. Yeah. Well, I was in California last week. It was about 47 degrees Fahrenheit, so that's whatever. I'm still figuring it out after 13 years, but what, seven, eight for us? I was walking around in my shorts, and people were laughing at me. I said, are you kidding? This is like, this is a summer day for us up in the tundra. Anyway, it was great. Great trip. Glad to be back. Always great to go and see what's going on in other communities and come back and go, wow, I remember when we went through that. Mm. But there's a way through. So we've been talking about and uh, letting our light shine this holiday season, and we have the solstice, uh, Gord Oaks solstice uh, presentation this, this evening, which is a wonderful celebration of the solstice, and then, of course, our, our, our Christmas uh, candle lighting on, on uh, Wednesday, Christmas Eve, will really be wonderful. We have a wonderful program in store for you. So a talk before I left, before I left you, but we're back together again. Uh, I talked about the, the five faces of Jesus Christ. The first one being uh, prophecy. And prophecy was uh, the example of Isaiah in the Jewish tradition. And Isaiah, uh, he was actually the, quoted the most in the Bible. So he's accredited with being uh, probably the, the, the prophet of the Messiah. Uh, 23 times in the Old Testament, 54 times in the New Testament. So Matthew and Mark and Luke and John would go back and pull Isaiah up and say, here, look, this is what the prophet Isaiah said, and, and here's the personification of this idea of Jesus. But it was really done intuitively, talking about this power of intuition. So on the next slide, Dr. Holmes is quoted as saying, the highest faculty that we have is the intuition, and it comes to a point sometimes where with no process of reasoning at all, we instantly know. And so all of us have had that experience, but that is the, one of the highest, Holmes would say it's the highest faculty for us which is that get communication beyond the words, beyond the, the conscious uh, thinking, as a matter of fact. So the first is prophecy. They're all Ps. The second one is person. So you'll see up on the next slide uh, different representations of this, this uh, teacher from Nazareth. The Nazarene, as Mary Morris would say. But, you know, we've all seen pictures of the, the person, Jesus' person. And, I mean, a lot of this season is really celebrating his birthday on the 25th, which we know was not his birthday because the 25th lines up with <laughs> very close to the, uh, the, the Romans' holiday of Saturnalia. But anyway, so what happened is a lot of our, the traditions and metaphors that came along, uh, we superimposed certain significant events on, and very close to the solstice as well. So it's a season of light, as we know. T- tonight will be the shift where the days begin to be, get longer. But all of that ties together, so... The, but the historical Jesus is this person. Then we move to principle. So on the next slide, we see we should never hesitate to say that we know the truth because we do. For the, for the realization... Oh, I don't have that slide. So no, I'm gonna, But anyway, I'll read it to you anyway. Because we do for the realization of the unity of God and man is the truth. So Dr. Holmes was talking about our oneness, this principle. With, uh, with this idea of prophecy... There we are. This idea of prophecy. If we can go back to the Superman picture, Dan, that would be great. Got Dan helping me with the slides. They, they turned me loose on my own at the first service, and it didn't go well, so we're back to, to this method. 
But so this idea of prophecy for many was that Jesus would be this God-man that would come and save the world. So, uh, you know, mythology on the left there, you see a picture of Hercules uh, choking a lion. Then you see Spider-Man and Superman and all of the, the modern mythologies that we have that, that we identify with. I mean, the, the reason that a movie works for us is we identify with the characters. And so we can duplicate the feeling. Being an old actor and knowing all this stuff, it's about having the audience duplicate the experience. That's what it's all about. So we, we have these superheroes because they're going to save the world. We feel good about that. That part of us that knows there's something beautiful and wonderful that wants to save the world identifies with what we see saving the world or what we think looks like. So it plays on that. I think the guys in Hollywood have figured that out a long time ago. So on our next slide... Every principle is experienced as a presence. So we go from prophecy to person to principle. And so Einstein's theory of relativity is a principle. So many scientific things we have are principles. Dr. Holmes said we called it the science of mind because he felt that our spirituality could be proven through, through demonstration of what we set an intention for. So it was scientific, in fact, that he said if we can't utilize the principle and demonstrate, it's, it's not valid. And so he always liked this idea of being very sequential and scientific in his approach to it. And he was greatly influenced by Dr. Thomas Troward, a very linear, practical man. But the principle is we should never hesitate to say that we know the truth because we do, for the realization of the unity of God and man is the truth. So God's life is our life. Our life is God's life. Back and forth, back and forth. But quite a beautiful, beautiful thing. So uh, not sure what's coming up next. I'm right there with you. I, look at this, and I spelled gravity, grab it. I'm going to call my new book, Grab It. So I left the Y off just because I didn't want to waste the ink. Go ahead, Dan. Let's have one more. There. And then we go to power. So the whole point of this thing is prophecy, person, principle, presence, and then power. And power, as the next slide says, is our ability to change things in co-creation with the divine presence. So the reason that we do the prayer work that we do, the reason that we, we, we use our mental faculties and our emotional being us to unify with, with this, this power, this presence, is in fact so that we can become and deliver and share more of source energy. Our planet, our physical form, our consciousness is the leading edge of creation. I was... I was uh, guided uh, in my research over the weekend, someone sent me an article or uh, an interview with uh, Esther Hicks, and I, I really appreciate Esther, she, Esther Hicks. She, she does the Abraham material. I think most of you know about it. I, I love it because I think it is such a, a contemporary form of articulation of what Dr. Holmes taught. Esther said that in this form, in this realm of the universe, Jesus said there are many mansions in the Father's house, and I believe there are, that that is... Uh, a commentary on levels of, of consciousness uh, and realms are, are, who knows, the vastness of the universe, the worlds upon worlds upon worlds. Holmes talked about the outward and upward spiral of life. And having just finished Eben Alexander's The Map of Heaven, um, a beautiful book, um, it's quite fascinating to ponder the possibilities. But Esther said that we on this planet, our physical form, our consciousness is the leading edge of creation. This is the place where source energy is coming forward. And she said, no more exquisitely than in this, this dimension. That's why we're here. That's why, the, that's why I think that, that it's such a beautiful thing to have this teaching in our lives. So power, the Christ as the universal principle of love has the power to change all things for good, for better, and to change them forever. 
So when we talk about Christmas and we talk about this season, it's just a reminder of how, how intimate and how close that presence and power is that lives within all of us. And how do we activate that? And how do we live more from that? How do we live from the love at the end of all this? Next slide, Dan. So there's the five faces of Christ. Prophecy, person, principle, presence, and power. Next one. So birthing the Christ. First of all, so we are immersed in this principle called gravity. And gravity is just a given. All of us are subjected to it. None of us are not affected by gravity. It's just something that we can't escape unless we go way up uh, above the atmosphere. With the Christ principle, birthing the Christ in this season of light, and you are the light of the world, we have to invite it. It has to be invited. It must, there must be an opening for the experience. So if we don't invite it, if we don't stop with the invitation, it can't show up for us. Well, I love this. Transform people transform people. So how do we make a difference on the planet? How do we, to teach and live from love? That continues to be a challenge for me at times. A vibrant spiritual community. And what, we're, what we, we uh, invite here and what is our, our, our core longing to express is each and every one of us has enough space and time and wisdom and clarity and tools in our spiritual toolbox so that our life continues to be transformed. Because as we are transformed, others are transformed. There's a transmission. This is exactly what, the, what the, the teacher Jesus talked about, the principle of the Christ. He said, these things I have done and ye shall do an even greater. What do you mean by all that? That's a big, that's a big uh, a challenge for us, isn't it? And yet, I think it's an opportunity. We don't have problems, we have projects. We don't have obstacles, we have opportunities. See, it's all here to stretch us. If we are really eternal, if we've always been and always will be, we are the, this, this divine, individualized expression of the one, that, that the, the infinite is seeking expression and creation through our fingertips, each and every one of us. I mean, that is such an amazing thing. What a great tradition to have. And then go about the business of, of, of having that and demonstrating that. But what happens is Esther, and I love this about Esther, because Dr. Holmes will say, that, you know, to learn how to think is to learn how to live. He understood this. Blessing, forgiving, blessing, forgiving, blessing, forgiving. I mean, he was, he was, he was they said that he never, that no one ever saw him get upset with anyone. Because I think he was wise enough when he did that he would go into his interior and do his own healing work around it. He said, that, as, as, as Esther would say this, Esther Hicks would say, Abraham actually says it, that the true forgiveness, the true meaning is the true vibration is a high, higher, pure frequency. It's a higher, pure frequency. Which then enables us, and as Esther says, she talks about, you know, her, her husband Jerry passed away. And one of the things, my mother, I got a, I'll back up a little bit, I got a call last night from one of my sisters, and my mom, uh, she's going to be 92 in about three weeks, and she had a heart attack last night. So they took her to the hospital, and she's doing great, and, and I just, you know, they've been texting me between services, and she's up in the bed, and they're going to keep her one more day in the hospital, but she's 92 years old. And what, what Jerry said to Esther Talking about the power of the word and, and, and consciousness. Because when Jerry died, many people would email Esther and say, well, what's wrong with you guys? How did your husband die? You know, you're this, this information of vortex, of, of outlet of, of, of information. How could this possibly happen? As if death is, a, is a, not a part of life. You know, I mean, as much as we think it isn't going to happen, it's going to happen to all of us. But what Jerry used to say was, 
happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, dead. <laughs> In other words, I love that. I'm, I mean, that's going to be part of my repertoire now. How many of us go through life and then, we, and then, you know, we've all had people that we love that linger, that the quality of life gets so small and, and tiny? And I'm not saying that isn't valuable and precious, but I don't want, to, I don't want, to, I don't want that, my parting gift to those that love me be, let's t- go take care of Grandpa. Happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, dead. And that's exactly how Jerry made his transition. But isn't it interesting? He was applying the principles, this universal uh, intelligence, to simply uh, state and, uh, uh, and make a declaration and an intention and build that in his consciousness. So not only did it enter his awareness, his thinking capacity, it entered his beingness. So let's be productive and healthy and happy. Enjoy life, enjoy life, enjoy life, enjoy life. And then when its purpose, this good purpose is done, we move on. What a great, what a great way to, instead of hanging on to... For, for dear life. But I love that. I love that idea. So the Christ must be invited. Transform people, transform people. We want to save the world, we save ourselves. We put down the, the biases. What Esther will say about this is that how many of us get up in the morning, we beat the drum of what's wrong. We get up in the morning and we go, oh my God, I got to help I get through this day. And we beat the drum and we blame, oh, that's, yes, that's so-and-so, bam, that and that and that, over and over and over and over and over again. When I started figuring this out about how, my, how nasty I'd been in my own thinking, how limiting and blaming and shaming I'd been in my own thinking, I was so grateful that I did not have instantaneous demonstrations. There would have been a lot of people bursting in flames. I mean, that was, that's the reality of it. So beating the drum of a, of, of a joyful experience. Beating the drum of joy. Don't get out of bed. She says, I don't get out of bed until I create some momentum moving in the direction that I choose to go. See, this infinite intelligence says yes to everything. It says yes to everything. There's nobody there to monitor us. Wouldn't it be great if we all had like a real guardian angel that would stand there in the glowing robe and, 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 and we'd think and there wouldn't have to be any words exchanged and we'd look up at the angel and, get, and the angel would say when we're ready to get out of bed and you know, we'd, we'd think and think and then look and the angel would go, not ready yet. Okay, let me try another one here. We don't have that. Well, we do have that. But it's just not in physical form. We know when we know to create that momentum. She said, because so many of us get up every day and beat the drum of what's not working. Such a popular idea. We're going to do an exercise before we leave today to to, uh, explore some of that. So we are deliberate creators. And when we know that, once again, it's an invitation. When we step into that, then how can we possibly spend so much time beating the drum of what doesn't work? And And what Esther says is we've come here and I think it's true as well. And, I've, I, and I see it in the work of Dr. Holmes, but we've come here to experience contrast. So we know what joy looks like. We know what sorrow looks like. We know what pain looks like. We know what suffering looks like. We know what abundance looks like. Great health. We know what all of it looks like. So we, we deepen in our wisdom. Next slide, Daniel. So our power. We're here to discover our own power of flowing the energy, directing the energy, which is our consciousness. This is our awareness. What we invite into ourselves and what we share. We let the energy that creates worlds flow through our fingertips. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that we can do that? That we have the opportunity to do that? The, the same energy that creates worlds is available to us. I mean, I, mean I, I don't think that is fantasy. I don't think that's fiction. I think that is our opportunity. I think that's what we're called to do. And it is the journey to manifestation that shines our light and rings our bell. 
It is through the physical form. The last place our prayers show up is in physical form. Many times I will be declaring something or working on something in my own consciousness, my own awareness, because what I know is, as, as, as Esther will say, Ernest Holmes said that you'll, you'll see it, uh, Frank Richelieu was an amazing guy. And uh, he was a minister in the Redondo Beach Church for years and years and years. And what Frank did, because Frank was a visionary, he went out and he bought all the houses around the church. He'd buy them one by one by one by one by one. A wonderful, beautiful prosperity consciousness. And they have a beautiful facility. And Frank used to say, you know you're established in the consciousness of it because you have the money. That's how it works. I, I did a thing a few weeks ago on debt. Debt is doubt. So when we, heal the, when we heal the doubt and we go to work on our debt in our lives, whether it be emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever the debt is, as we continue to heal that, we, grow, we, grow the, uh, we heal the doubt. Which, and the, uh, the, the, uh, the antidote for that is faith, to continue to work in a certain direction. But you know you're, ha- you're establishing the consciousness when you have the cash. See, money is a congealed energy. Money is just simply a, a, an energy in form, and it is such a precious commodity. It's where we're mostly challenged. Because it's such a popular idea to get up in the morning and ring the and pound on the drum of not enough, not enough time, not enough money, not enough people, not on, 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 and on, and on, and on. So it's it's really to help shine our lights. So many of my victories in my life and continue to be within community here have been in healing my own relationship with with doubt and with debt. And it's a wonderful opportunity. It's not an obstacle. But to look at it and go, wow, look at this, look at this, where, where, I'm, where this is alive in me. I went down to the Westlake Church of, of Religious Science down in the uh, Center for Spiritual Living now, down in uh, Westlake, California, which is out by Thousand Oaks, which is in the West San Fernando Valley. And my dear friend, Reverend Maureen Hoyt, said, come and do a, a sacred healing circle with my... This was, this was quite remarkable. She said, we want to do a sacred healing circle with the entire community. And usually you limit it to 20. And we're going to have a meal beforehand. And so we did this meal. It was lovely, and people broke bread. And, and, and then I got up, and I facilitated a sacred healing circle with about 100 people that showed up. And it was one of the strangest things because people didn't know what they were getting into. And, and usually when you do the sacred healing circle, everybody stays in the circle. You know, invite people to not be leaving the room, breaking the energy. People were getting up, coming, and going left and right. And it was fascinating to watch. And I just thought, wow, this is, you know, this I, I just kept going. And at the end of it, people came up to me and said, you know, I thought we were going to do a healing for this, the community. And I said, we are. Well, this is all based on personal stuff. I said, well, it's all personal stuff. You know, we can pray for a healthy community, but if we're, if we're beating the drum of lack and limitation and, and withholding, I mean, the reason that we withhold is because we believe there's not enough. There's not enough time. There's not enough energy. There's not enough money. That's the consciousness of withholding. And so, so we, we, did this, we did this process, and, and Reverend Maureen and I talked about it afterwards. I said, you can't go to the group before you do the individual. I said, I'd let this wash through the community for a couple years. Keep doing it. And she's got somebody, new staff minister that came in that's very familiar with the work and is going to work with her on it. But the only purpose of doing this for me is that what happens is when I'm beating the drum of lack and limitation, then what wants to express for me doesn't have an opportunity because there's no outlet for it. Because I haven't, I haven't embodied the consciousness of it or the vibrational frequency, as Esther Hicks would say. Same thing, it's just different language. And so the, the, the forgiveness work, the gratitude work, the giving that stretches me, 
in service and financially, those types of things, they're not for God. God's got all that God needs. It is, my, it is the inner presence that needs the, the stretching and the expanding and, and the stepping into faith. It's, a, so, it's such a popular idea that there's not enough. So, Daniel, would you flip the next one? Ernest Holmes said, this is our prophecy as a tribe that we are. Our prophecy is... Each partakes of the Christ nature to the degree that the Christ is revealed through him, and to that degree, we become the Christ. And so if this becomes our invitation, the, the, first, the first step is that's possible for me. That's for me. That's for me. And then to have things in our lives that continue to remind us so that when we get up in the morning and we start beating the drum of lack and limitation or obstacle or problem, we realize, I don't have an opportunity. This isn't an obstacle. This is an opportunity to shift consciousness to bring into my life the awareness and the people and the resources that, that can move me into that new experience so that what's being called, what intuitively I'm being called to be part of, can be expressed. And a lot of times, I watched it in Westlake, a lot of times people are fighting for the status quo. People are, have self-interest. You know, one of the, my vision for our community, and we've been doing a lot of work over the last two years with Eileen Flanagan, because I said, we need to develop our board, I want to develop our, our practitioner and our ministry, because, and we're still in the process. But until all of us are on board, moving in agreement and moving to, together forward, what I'm being called to experience can't happen. And so we have spent a lot of time, we've gone real slow and slow and slow. But once we come together in the agreement and possibility, it'll be amazing to see what happens. And I'm, I'm devoted to that. You know, and members of leadership, we, t- we talk about levels of commitment and things like that. And part of that is a financial commitment. What I know about great c- communities is all have high expectation. Everybody in leadership is in a consciousness of very significant uh, percentage giving. And see, it's not about, the, and it's very interesting because it looks like it's all about a demand for money. And what it really is, is when you're, in, when you're on board with an idea and you're on, on fire with an idea, you can't support it enough. And I know that. So it's very interesting. But the measure you can use is, are we all on board? Are we all in this consciousness of tithing and giving 10% of everything we have to what, where we are spiritually fed? Because once you create that energetic, it's powerful. And it only takes about a half a dozen people. Adam just came in a little bit ago. He was the one that gave me the idea. I'd rather run with 10 than drag 100. But what you realize is if you can get people, if you can get people around you that hold the vision of possibility and what's happening here and giving birth to this, anything's possible. Anything and everything's possible. It's just, so it's an exciting thing. But I'm talking about the feeling tone embodying it. And as, as we come together in a collective and understand it and give birth to it, it's powerful, powerful stuff. And part of my, and a lot of my practice with it has been surrendering, 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 and forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Because one of my big teachers in my life has been betrayal. So many people in positions of power in my life have created an experience within my heart that looked like betrayal. And what it is, it's not betrayal. What I understand now is they do the best they can. But it's been very interesting for me to shift perception because they're not doing things to punish me. They're doing things because they just simply can't step into something or they can't, they can't share that possibility. And it's all perfect. It, and, and, let, and to let the love wash through it. But that's what it is. The Christ consciousness is the love. Diane, can we do the next slide? So here's what I'm gonna invite you to do is close your eyes for a moment with me. Let's do a short little exercise on this, an experiential thing. And imagine yourself, you're in bed, and it's a really a great day, and you've really had a wonderful sleep. You're really rested, fantastically so. And you pull your energy into your body. You feel you breathe into your heart. 
To activate the heart, all you have to do is take a deep breath. It activates the heart. There's a wonderful 60 Minutes I just watched with Jonathan Cabot's in. And he's done all this amazing work about, around meditation, how they're putting it into uh, uh, grade schools now in the States. So breathing in, breathing into your heart, moving your energy down into your core, you're laying in bed. And before you get out of bed, capture a joyful experience. Capture an experience, a memory that you've had in your life that was just the most enjoyable, one of the top ten incredibly joyful experiences. Maybe you achieved something. Maybe someone that you cared about acknowledged you in a loving way and it just lit you up. Maybe it was an award you received. Maybe it was a graduation. Maybe it was a rite of passage. Maybe it was a hug from a, a grandparent or, a, or a, an experience with a dear friend. But whatever it may be, capture it, that feeling tone. And just keep breathing. Notice where you are in, in your mind's eye. Notice who you're with. And let that feeling tone just expand this feeling of love this feeling of of prosperity this feeling of joy and celebration and as you move into that and it expands and expands this becomes where you can go in in a, in a twinkling of an eye to beat that drum and as you breathe in and breathe out that joy that feeling tone of joy that feeling tone of beauty that feeling tone of love. And allow this practice to grow and grow in your life. Allow it to expand. Allow it to become your habitual touchstone of being on the planet. That you are partnering, you are moving forward in your life. That you are here to expand the possibility of your life. Expand what you're called to give, to support. Transform people, transform people. To know that amazing experiences are being called forth into your experiences. You're making room for that vibrational tone. And so allow this practice to carry you forward from this point forward. Each time you forget, in the twinkling of an eye, you can go back to this feeling tone and beat that drum that my life is God's life that the Christ is being born within me because I have invited it. Thank you, presence and power. Thank you, this one powerful life with many, many aspects for guiding and directing me and working with this question, what will it take for my life to expand in ways that are powerful and dynamic that match the reason and the purpose for why I have taken birth? What are they? And work with that question. And so I just give thanks. I invite you to... Gently open your eyes. But it's that simple. It's that simple. Jerry Hicks, when he was working with Esther, and they first started having these experiences where she was being guided. And Esther always says, you know, you all have an Abraham. We all have this phalange of light. It's the same thing that's going on with John of God. It's all available to all of us right here. This intuitive knowing. That's why I started with intuition the last few weeks. It's this intuitive knowing and developing that relationship. But what Jerry said at one point is we're ready to expand this work. I'm ready to expand this work. And see, this infinite divine intelligence cannot help us unless we ask. That's why prayer work is so important. What is the next step? What is my next conversation to have on this journey? I mean, that's mine to do, have the conversations, do the healing work, put down this lack and limitation. Oh, it's impossible. Why is it impossible? Because I've, I've said it's impossible. So then what does the infinite get from me? Impossible. And that's very limiting. Or no. 
No. You know, when someone says no to me, it's like, what? No? Okay. What do we do with no? Where does that go? Nowhere. Thank you very much. Yes, no and where. Perfect combination. So I'm just saying that, that in this, this Christmas season, this, this season of light, it's our opportunity to look at that and see where to invite the Christ consciousness being birthed within each and every one of us. To ring the bell or beat the drum of what you love. Beat the drum of what you love. And it's first thing in the morning. I love that practice. Esther says, I don't get out of bed in the morning until I've captured some of that momentum of what the day is going to look like for me. See, she's living intentionally. That's living intentionally. It's not getting up and looking down at the floor and going, man, I hope this works out. <sighs> hope I make it, get back here tonight for sleep and I still got a, he- a roof over my head and enough money in my pocket to buy gas to get to work again. I mean, what is that to give that? What, what, what is that? That's, that's average. That's normal. That's what most people think in the morning. This is an incredible opportunity to give birth to this Christ, to talk about this in such a, a powerful, beautiful way. Dr. Holmes talks about the invitation. He says the more exalted, the more heavenly, the more boundless, the more godlike or Christ-like the thought, the more power it will have. Esther Hicks says, reach for the highest thought possible. In Abhijanya, they talk about you come in and they'll work with you and then they say, you must do your 50%, which is reach, reach for the highest thought possible. I mean, the spiritual realm, the mystical, it's, there's, there's, there's consistency and truth to all of it. How can I reach for the highest thought possible? Happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy, happy, healthy. Dead. I like that one. Every day, everything, Esther always says, everything in the universe is working for me. Wow, what a great declaration. What a great prayer. In Abhijani, they say we are, we are immersed in the smoke of spirit. This room is filled with spirit right now. Our lives, we are, they are awaiting our invitation to assist us. That's why this prayer work is so powerful. This is why I, you know, I'm, I'm just so grateful and happy to be part of a, 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 a live and growing community, a community that is on, on fire with possibility. If you go on, we have these wonderful cards that we made up. They're in the program. These are for our intentional givers. Because sometimes people are in our intentional giving program and don't have something to put in the basket. There's a QR or QV whatever that code is on the back there. Wonderful. If you flash on that, it'll bring you right to our website and it'll talk about all the qualities we stand for. It's beautiful. I went there this morning. And went, wow, look at this, the things we stand for. We are a culture of transformation. And if we don't transform, and here's what keeps me going. I said this when I was in Westlake. I said the one thing that keeps me engaged in this work beyond anything is I love my kids. I love my children. And I know that if I don't transform what doesn't work for me, I transmit it. And it is unacceptable for me to give gifts to my children that I don't think they should have to carry. I want them to have new problems, okay? I've made enough of my own mistakes, they don't need to repeat my mistakes. But I want to do enough of my own transformation so that I don't transmit what hasn't been healed. And so I just, I love this. You go on our website, look at this. This is our intentional giving program. I love my neighbor, Teresa and and Darren made it up for us. We're going to do one each month with our theme for the month. And we've got a wonderful theme. We've got an amazing 2015 going on. I'm like, it'll be the best 2015 you've ever seen in your life. I know that. <laughs> and on the back, it says, I'm part of the Intentional Giving Program. Many of you are. Thank you so much. I mean, we're self-supporting. 
And there's some heavy lifting that goes on here financially. And I, th- I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. The second box is I'm using my smartphone to make a donation through the center's website. You can do that. With this QV, uh, take you right to it. If you want to do that, there's a lot of people here that don't carry cash, don't carry a, a credit card. Or I gave using Interact at the concierge table in the back. And then there's also this place for you to put your address. But what we're, in, we're encouraging everyone is to be part of that because as we give, one of the, the reason I was guided to the Esther Hicks talk was because someone said, you got to listen to Esther. She's talking about why tithing doesn't work. And I said, i got to listen to that because I'm talking about tithing. I'm in Westlake talking about, you know, your leadership needs to be tithing here. I just got back from Houston. If you're in leadership and you're not tithing, you're not in leadership. There is no, there is no leadership without investment is what they'll say down there. And it's, and it's not about the money. But it's about the energetic of stepping into it. And Hester says this, if you have a feeling of abundance and appreciation about your well-being and you have the feeling that not only do I have all that I need and want, but I have excess I'd like to give to someone else. That's the the feeling tone to give from. If you don't have that today, don't give. Because if you're giving from that point of I got to give out of obligation, it's a really, really poor energy out of obligation. She says, tithing out of obligation and resentment, it doesn't work. Out of appreciation. And uh, Carol Carnes used to say all the time, I have money to share and money to spare. I love that. There's a beautiful prayer by Dr. Holmes. I'm not going to take time to read it to you. It's in the back. I read it a couple weeks ago. It's about partnering with spirit. It's all around better finances now. It's on the table on the outside there. I encourage you to pick one up if you'd like on the way out. We'll be using it throughout the year, so it won't be the last time I share it. But we're just getting tight on time. We've got a great treat for you today. So what I know is this is the season of light, and you are the light of the world. So let it shine. Reach for that highest feeling tone you possibly can as our ushers come forward. And know that you are loved beyond measure. As Eben Alexander says in the map of heaven, you have never done anything wrong. There is never wasted energy, ever. We have never gone down a wrong path. I'll read you a paragraph from Dr. Holmes' beautiful prayer. I know that the universe responds to my believing word and that right results and rewards are mine. I am guided so that I see the right people, say and do the right things, give the right kind of service, and make myself available to others. Money to meet my every good requirement is now mine. And so this is true. I accept that as my truth. I work with this prayer. I work with the great mentors in my life. I know that I am blessed beyond measure that this is an incredible Christmas season. In love and appreciation together we say, and so it is.